Hi everyone, welcome to the Yukon Internal Medicine Ambulatory Podcast Series. This is Juan Chango, one of the Chief Medical Residents. Today we will discuss an important topic, falls in the elderly. We will focus on which patients need to be screened for falls and review screening questions. We will focus on which patients need to be screened for falls and review screening questions. Which functional assessments can be used to identify patients at elevated fall risk and describe interventions that can help reduce the risk of falls. Falls in the elderly are the leading cause of emergency department visits and injury-related deaths in adults over the age of 65. One every four elderly adults falls each year. Therefore, it is important to know which patients are at risk. Let's discuss what are the assessment tools that we can use. The American Geriatric Society and the CDC, or Centers of Disease Control, recommend the screening of all adults above 65 years of age for falls every year. This is one of the topics to cover during Medicare wellness visits every year. One of the tools we can use is the CDC's STEADY or Elderly Accidents, Death and Injuries program. It contains 12 questions that can be filled by patients before their appointments. A score of 4 or more is a positive screen. An alternative would be to ask 3 questions. If any of those is positive, it represents a positive screening that can be complemented with full questionnaires such as the CDC STEADY program. The three questions are, first, have you fallen in the past year? This question has a positive likelihood ratio of 2.3 to 2.8. Second, do you feel unsteady when standing or walking? And third, are you worried about falling? One problem to consider is underreporting of falls. There are many reasons why elderly patients may not report falls, including cognitive impairment, the expectation that it is normal for older adults to fall, embarrassment, fear for a hospital admission or surgery, loss of independence, among others. Let's talk about the risk factors for falls. There are multiple factors that we can categorize into different systems. Cardiovascular, autostatic hypotension, history of a stroke or CVA, arrhythmias, carotid sinus hypersensitivity are usually important causes of falls. Environmental include tripping hazards, low lighting, inappropriate footwear, and others. Endocrine, diabetes, neuropathy, hypoglycemia, hyperglycemia, genitourinary with urinary incontinence or infections, medications, polypharmacy being one of the major ones, which means more than four medications of any class, as well as psychoactive medications such as antipsychotics, antiepileptics, antidepressants, benzodiazepines, opiates, and antihypertensives. Musculoskeletal include pain, foot problems, balance or gait impairment, lower extremity weakness. Neurologic include Parkinson's disease and any other movement disorder, peripheral neuropathy, cognitive impairment or dementia, or vertigo. Psychiatric include depression and other diseases as well. Sensory mostly will include visual and hearing impairment and substance use as well. When gathering our histories and understanding why a patient fell, it is crucial to inquire all the details of the fall, including the time of the day, where the patient was, previous activities, symptoms before, during, and after the fall, use of assistive devices, and others. This will help us understand the risk factors and strategies for fall prevention in the future. Functional status assessment is helpful as well. 
There are several tools that we can use to assess functional status. For example, the timed up and go TUG test. This is the preferred test by the CDC and the American Geriatric Society. To do it, have the patient sit in a chair with armrests and mark out a line on the floor 10 feet or 3 meters away. Time the patient as he or she stands up from the chair, walks at a normal pace to the line on the floor, turns around and sits back down. If the patient normally uses an assistive device, this can be used during the assessment. According to the CDC, adults who take 12 or more seconds on this test are at increased risk for falls. 30 second chair stand. Using a chair that does not have armrests, have the patient sit down and cross their hands over their chest so that each hand rests on the opposite shoulder. Ask the patient to rise to a standing position and sit back down. Count how many times the patient is able to stand up in 30 seconds. A score of less than 12 is below average and indicates elevated fall risk. There are other assessment tools that can be used and are helpful in our determination of fall risk. Finally, let's discuss the interventions and how to prevent falls. Many fall prevention interventions have been studied including exercise programs, vitamin D supplementation, medication review and withdrawal, cathrat surgery, pacemaker implantation for those with carotid sinus syndrome, nutritional supplementation, cognitive behavioral therapy, and home safety evaluations. All these interventions can be helpful in the prevention of falls with different levels of evidence. When performing a combination of interventions and exercise, the success rates tend to be higher. Exercise programs have shown to be effective in fall prevention, focusing on gait, balance, and strength. Examples include yoga, tai chi, physical therapy, and the stepping on program, which has evidence to improve the risk of falls. A final comment regarding medications. When reviewing or modifying our patient's medications, it is essential to get familiar with the various medication list by the American Geriatric Society. We will find which medications can be harmful to our elderly patients and elaborate a plan to decrease the risk of adverse reactions. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please follow us in Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Goodbye.